Hello, friends. My name is Rob Webster. On today's podcast, I'm talking with my friend Deanna Stone. She's a theater director who works with kids in some wonderful ways. Her philosophy of what's to be gained from being involved in theater is so all-encompassing, it may make you want to run to sign up and audition for your next local community theater show, whether you have any talent or not. Custer Road United Methodist Church presents episode 13 of The Story That Writes Us. My wife was a theater major and for years has always taught drama and uh, done children's drama camps. Every church that we've been at, she's really poured her heart into it and has just had an incredible influence. And now that we have three kids, uh, you know, our hope has always been that maybe we'd have opportunities to get them involved in theater too. We moved here to the Dallas area uh, a little over eight years ago. And my dear friend and senior pastor and boss, Reverend Dr. Corey Knott, he very quickly invited us to a production that his daughter was in. She was, I think, 10 years old, and she was playing Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty. And Taylor, girl, I got to hand it to you. That cackle, that evil laugh, it still it still keeps me up at night. You did an amazing job in that. And the thing that our pastor had invited us to was something called North Texas Performing Arts. And it is now the nation's largest youth theater organization, it's NTPA for short, and uh, our senior pastor involved, our whole family is now involved in it. Our youth director here at Custer Road United Methodist Church, uh, his son is super active in it, and a lot of other families from our church. It's a really neat organization. They have, um, I think it's four, maybe five different theaters now across the Metroplex. Deanna is someone that we got to know through North Texas Performing Arts. She's a director. She founded the NTPA Academy, which is a fine arts school affiliated with NTPA. She has two grown daughters who also direct it now, as well as a high school son who is electrifying on stage. We love him. And in our conversation today, we'll talk about the value of theater to develop character, how we become more empathetic, the, um, the unique collaborative nature of live theater, and how Christians need to be involved in the arts. For Deanna, her intro to directing theater started when she decided to homeschool her kids. My biggest thing in homeschooling was, well, what about theater? Like, how are my kids going to get theater? Because I really feel like um, the life lessons that you get through the stage, there's just nothing to replace that from, you know, humbling yourself when you get the role of your choice to graciously accepting a defeat when you don't get the role of your choice. I mean, that be- that begins it as well as helping them find their voice, right? Like, I don't know how they're going to choose to use their voice one day, but if you can help them have the confidence and the courage to be able to stand strong, they may use that to defend their faith. They may use it to help inspire others. And so teaching all of those skills if I called it a life training course, they wouldn't take it, but I can call it Honk Junior and everybody signs up and they have no idea that they're learning how to become a better person, how to become a better spiritually grounded individual, how to become a better just contributor to society in general, but we're learning it through Honk Junior. Uh, side note, by the way, Honk is a fantastic children's play. It's basically the story of the ugly duckling. It's terrific. So, And Honk I mean, Junior is a really fun show. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, Susical, pick your title, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And so um, that's how it all started. Your vision for why you wanted to make theater arts a part of a homeschool curriculum, I think is fantastic. It was a requirement in our family. 
Like it was part of their curriculum. As a homeschool mother, that was, um, I was like, you have to do one musical. Um, you can hate it and never do it again. Um, but at the end of the day, like you are going to do a musical and learn whatever that offers you um, through the process. And then if you choose to hate it, you never have to go back. Um, and three of the four, well, all of them actually did more productions, um, but three of them really found a love for it. I believe truly the concept of performing arts, it prepares you for whatever you want to do in life. It's it's a choice of um, where you put your investment and your energy, um, but all of the character that you develop through pursuing that is what ultimately lends itself to your success. And it starts with collaboration and creativity. And we're just in a different world where um, education used to be, you know, input all this information and output. We're in a world where, you know, the creative ones are the ones that are going to really rise to the top simply because we're having things thrown at us in our world that we don't, we don't know. We had no idea COVID was around the corner, right? And so the creative ones are the ones that have to come up with ideas to think outside of the box. Um, and so ultimately, whether you choose to be on the stage on a long lifelong journey, um, or whether you choose to be a biochemist, like it's still the creative mind that is not afraid to jump out there and think out of the box is the one that's going to make the difference. So that's where it kind of came from. Do you remember the first play that you were in? Yes, very much so. What was it? I actually don't remember the name of it, but I remember um, being, it was a Thanksgiving special and I was the P and the Y in Happy Thanksgiving um, <laughs> only because my partner that was the Y got sick and couldn't be there. So the teacher asked me to do the P and the Y. And um, so uh, actually she was the P, I was the Y. Um, I only say that because I remembered all of her lines and then forgot mine. <laughs> And I was devastated that I forgot all of the lines for the Y, um, being that that was my letter. But I remembered hers. And um, my heart is kind of breaking for you right now. That's so sad. It was. It was very devastating. Um, but I still, um, once I got past the hump, I still loved it and still went back and then wound up being the lead in the first grade play of, you know, and I was the mother and tucked in 28 students. And um, congratulations. Yes, thank you. It was, it was a highlight of my life. Uh, but it definitely, um, um, once again, life lessons, right? Like it happens sometimes. And then what you choose to do with it is really ultimately what shapes you next. So once again, it's all the life lessons that you learn through theater. I had to step up and help a friend, even though I, you know, ultimately felt like I failed in the end. Um, it still was an extension of myself. Um, and then overcoming the fact that it didn't turn out exactly, but it still was okay. I, as I say a lot, to become a better performer means to become a better person. And so I don't think that you can really embrace people unless you seek to understand where they're coming from first before you impose your idealism on them. First, seek them and understanding where they come from and what their walk was. Um, theater provides that in a very non-confrontational um, way because you're taking a story or a written piece of art and you're being able to explore that dialogue and you're being able to explore that character. And so to be able to unveil pieces of that character through where that journey takes you, I think is ultimately how you can truly have empathy for people and being able to share a story with an audience so an audience looks at a story differently or they see something in themselves a little bit differently. I think that's a great way to teach students to be empathetic, to teach students that people come from different walks of life and to be able to be empathetic to what that is um, and then ultimately, hopefully, shape the world to be a better place.
Is there is there any character that you played or that you saw your kids play that was that was a stretch where it's hard to to put on that character and and to empathize? I've had the opportunity to see all of the kids kind of capture different roles um, and uh, some really, really great opportunities to learn life lessons through stories like Tuck Everlasting, um, through even something as simple as Susical, right? That, you know, we can be um, we can be different and still be great and we can still pursue something. Um, probably Jekyll and Hyde was the one that really comes to mind. Um, understanding that character playing um, a role in and of itself that's two separate people that you're constantly going back and forth and that was um, Garrett played that role in October of 2021 and then I had the opportunity to direct it again in June of 2022 and so um, probably it's one of the top 10 most challenging male roles on Broadway Um and for in terms of a musical and um, watching that unfold is definitely something that for youth theater specifically is difficult to capture. Um, but I felt like all of those that played Jekyll captured it really, really well. But that role specifically, um, just because of the content of what that looks like, um, is is very intriguing to not only encourage students to kind of explore, um, but then also see an audience take a different perspective on the character, because we always kind of think we know what that role means, right? Um, and then you start exploring it, and you're like, oh, there's a lot more depth here than what we even realized. So tell me, as a person of faith, then, as you as you watch that transformation and understanding take place, what, what, does, that, what does that say to you uh, about human nature, maybe? That's a great question. Um, I think for Jekyll and Hyde specifically, um, especially when you're exploring that, regardless of what your background is, regardless of what your worldview, um, Jekyll, the character, references God three times in the script. Um, And so getting students to, regardless of what your spiritual belief is or where you stand religiously, to explore what that would have meant to the Christian faith um, is important because if he's going to reference God three times and he's going to repeat it, then the author wants wanted you to capture that moment. So when you're directing that and you're, you know, you've, you've worked in a Christian environment uh, with theater um, right now with NTPA, it's a, it's a secular environment. How much of that do you bring to your directing? Do you walk the kids through that? And it is in the script. Um, did you explain all that to them and say, Hey, just so you understand where this is, where this is going and kind of the internal struggle that's going on here? We did, um, and certainly out of respect for any background or any walk, but to be true to the dialogue and the script, it would be unfair for the author for me not to address what he actually put in the script. And so it was never to push a hidden agenda, um, but certainly to explore um, what the author was saying and what the character evolves into, um, and then ultimately being able to see what motivation, um, how you deliver that message based on how they're referencing God in those pieces is very important in telling the story. Um, and so that is a walk that we we talked about um, and uh, explored. Um, how excited do you get when you get a script and you know you're going to direct something and that's all you have is words on a page? Tell me tell me what goes through your, your heart and your mind when you, when you are doing that. So it's interesting because I really, you know, a lot of directors have a vision, right? And I feel like I have an envision, but there's pieces of it that I can't see yet. Um, and that's ultimately because the students are so much a part of the process of unveiling what that looks like. And I want their collaboration. I want their input. Um, I want them to be a part. And so um, the 
the beauty is you have the skeleton, but then the heartbeat is created by the the people that tackle that journey with you. And that's what's really, really fun is that I don't have all the answers. Um, but I assure them we will by the end of the process and not to freak out if we don't have an answer, um, but let that be part of the fun of not knowing. Um, and once again, I think that that's a reflection of faith, right? Like ultimately we don't have all the answers. We don't know. Sometimes we get out on the thin limbs and that's where the fruit is. Um, And so that's where the beauty is in the not knowing. But then for those of us that like to control the process, it's difficult because we want to have all the answers before we take the first step. Um, And that's not necessarily doesn't mean that it wouldn't look amazing to have all the answers up front. um, But it certainly wouldn't be as creative. It certainly wouldn't give as much freedom. um, And it certainly wouldn't be open to all the lessons around you that you can capture and learn at the same time, right? Like there's a there's an amazing journey that each individual student will go through. And so to see the child before you see a performer um, and recognize that they're gonna shape this process is so incredibly fun. Um, so the words on the page, great skeleton and it's a beginning, but where that takes you is like, well, we'll see when we get there. I don't know. You bring so much wisdom to this. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm serious. It's just like the way you the way you think about directing and what the role of this is. I just I love your thought process uh, behind all of this. Where um, about about shaping character? It's um it's really terrific to hear you. And I had a hunch you would. Uh, I appreciate that's why, that. That's that's, well, that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast uh, because um, just in the conversations we've had, I see um, kind of kind of what you you bring to it and in the, the heart behind it. That's that's bigger than hey, let's all get in a room and put on a great show. Uh, there's a lot more. There's a lot more going on and a lot more development that happens. And your commitment to that and, and making it happen is is uh, what makes you a great director. You know, there's this whole notion that we we create because we're made in the image of God. You know, from a kid playing with Legos uh, who wants to who wants to build something um, to us telling stories. There's a I think there's a joy that comes in in creating. And I'm sure it's got to be satisfying for you sometimes to step back and just when God looked upon his creation and said, it is good to look back on something and say, yeah, yeah, that turned out, that turned out really good. Um, have you ever had that just great sense of pleasure at the end of a play or, or something where you're just like, that, that really worked and that was a good thing? Absolutely. I think that um, I probably tend to look back the overall process as far as, wow, that was really amazing um, versus the actual final product on the stage. Um, It's generally a reflection of the process. And so I think most what I look at is the student that overcame fear that was that that the audience may not even know how beautiful that is. But I know because I know what they were when they came in the room. being able to see where live theater takes a moment of error or mistake and watching students have the confidence to overcome that and fight through it. Um, One of my most amazing stories that I have um, is there were – it was in the curtain call and it was in the final bow. And this young man, probably in seventh grade, you know, that time where you're just kind of insecure, you're not quite sure of yourself, you're quiet, you may be quiet, or you may be over the top, depending on how you handle your insecurity. Um, but he was very, very quiet, had really stuck to himself through the entire process. Um, 
And um, the stage direction was that he would come out from stage left and um, his female counterpart would come out from stage right. They would meet in the center and they would bow. And um, his female counterpart, when she came out, she tripped on the stage and fell. And to watch this young man as a seventh grader that had his insecurities, not hesitate in a moment, but run to her side and help her up and then guide her to the center to take their bow together. That's the kind of character that he showed people in a moment of time that there was no doubt in his mind of what a leader would do. And although quiet and although to himself and although not necessarily sure if you're if you're connecting with the material or not, um, he knew in a moment of in, in, intense moment what to do to be able to come to someone's aid without hesitation. And um, insecurity went out the window and what ifs went out the window and he just responded to what was the right thing to do. And so the audience may not even know how to how to find such beauty in that. Um, but that's where the beauty comes from. The director perspective is we get to see the journey um, and we get to see the students as they grow. And that's what I love is watching that. Now, are they always on beat at five, six, seven, eight? And do they always kick in the right direction? I honestly could care less. <laughs> I honestly could. I will work to get it there. But at the end of the day, if you're telling me an amazing story and you were engaged, I often tell students there's one thing that will drive someone to, I can technically tell you what to do. I can tell you to, I need you to gesture with your downstage arm and I need you to quarter turn open and I need you to take one step to the right. And I can technically tell you what to do to tell the story. But if you are passionately connected to the material and you feel you have a place in the process, all of that will take care of itself. And that's ultimately having passion for what you're doing. The technical stuff just works itself out. So if I can drive you to be passionate about a story, if I can drive you to love people around you, if I can drive you to see a bigger picture and not be so self-focused on self, then all of a sudden, all those things technically just kind of work themselves out. And so I'd much rather get to the root of what motivates someone than it technically look pretty. So that's just kind of my, where I stand on that. <laughs> well, and that boy helping his, his fellow actor out is the thing that you remember most about that play, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you know, absolutely. I, and, uh, that's such a beautiful moment, uh, that you're right. Maybe people in the audience didn't appreciate it, but you got to witness that, you know, even me, I've coached little kids playing soccer for the longest time. And they're, they're kids who have great natural athletic ability and they're mm -hmm. going to score more goals than anybody else. And I always give some awards at the end of the year. But the one that really does make me choke up is the most improved award. You know, I'm mm -hmm. like at that age, when you, when you go from not knowing which goal you're supposed to be kicking towards um, to being a contributor to the team. And sometimes I would see that happen. You know, it's just the most heartwarming thing. It's just like you're learning and you're growing. And um, I always, that was always my favorite award to give. One thing I think that um, I, I've come to appreciate is how collaborative it is. And, and the really good actors um, set their castmates up for success. And you see that in improv where someone intentionally gives a setup line and then steps back, right? And then let somebody else run with it. And that idea of yielding, and it's, you know, you see it a lot of times in, in young actors who, who who might be fantastic or hilarious or very confident, but they can be too much. And, and you know, it's called stealing the spotlight. And, and they can totally do that and have been praised for it their whole lives because they're entertaining. But to learn to step back and, and to yield and to let somebody else have the spotlight and to set them up for success. I think is such a wonderful collaborative lesson when you're with a group of people, um, just to take a step back. 
Well, and once again, to become a better performer means to become a better person. I mean, ultimately, that is allowing someone else to have the spotlight and being able to step outside of yourself, recognizing it's about the whole and not specifically about you. Um, the arts industry tends to be very egocentric anyway. Um, and so anytime you can capture that moment of reminding people this actually isn't about you, you may be the lead, but it's actually very much about what you can give to everyone around you um, is so much more important. Christians can be afraid of the arts, mm-hmm. I think. Um they hear about, um, you know, these devils who live in Hollywood and, you know, secularization of different types of things. And uh, especially in the world of drama, you can have a lot of different viewpoints and people might feel challenged by that and might want to run away from that. Um, so what do you say about all that? I think it gets back to fear um, and not allowing fear to determine your decisions, but to work through those just like you would anything else. Um Christians knowing that fear is not of God, but yet at the same time, there are things to be afraid of, right? Like if you walk down a dark alley and you see somebody with a gun at the end, you might stop yourself. I mean, because there's a reason for that fear. So being aware, um, but ultimately, I think that's where the arts provides opportunity to become confident in who you are and to be able to find your voice to explore that and use that in any way possible. Um, God needs his people in all walks of life. So it would be very wrong for me to determine that if God's plan is as follows, to not seek and try to make sure that I'm following that, Um, ultimately still being true to who you are. Seeking first to understand, then being understood, being open to explore ideas, but staying grounded in who you are. How can we share a story if I'm not willing to explore life from another perspective, whether it be Sandy in Greece or whether it be from the Jewish culture and Fiddler on the Roof, right? Like I need to be able to explore those moments and it does not mean that I stand behind those choices that even the actor made, right? And then I think we have to be really careful how we size up what's right and wrong, right? Like we'll play one character that depicts killing, but then we won't depict another character because it's something else. So once again, that's knowing who you are um, and staying grounded in what your conscience will allow you to do, I think is incredibly important. Exposing our students to the arts or to sports, because let's not kid ourselves, challenges are in any walk of life. If you're going to pursue sports in a, on a professional level, if you're going to pursue the arts, if you're going to pursue journalism, like name it, if it's not going to be a problem. Um, we're to work, we work in the world, but we're not of the world. So once again, you have to know who you are. You have to know what your limitations are. You have to know and be grounded spiritually um, and recognize that Everything needs to be received with the idea of filtering it with truth first. So I hope that answered your question. (laughs) Thank you for taking some time. for having me. Like I said, I love your perspective on directing and uh, where it's really more of a a shepherding uh, that you do. And it's beautiful. And so um, I really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you all, as always, for listening to the podcast today. And Deanna, thank you so much for uh, giving me some of your time and sharing so much of your wisdom. 
I've got some interviews recorded, but it's going to be a little while before I'm going to be able to get them edited. So, uh, so we'll be putting a pause. There probably won't be an episode next week. Um, we'll see about the week after I'm going to try, but anyway, thank you so much, faithful listeners. I really do appreciate you guys. And, um, I love getting feedback. You can send me something to Rob at the story that writes us.com. And as always, if this means something to you, share the episode, especially on social media, just put a link to it, to the story that writes us, um, or to the specific episode. If you use, uh, your podcast app, if it's Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever, there are ways that you can share a specific episode from that as well. And it would mean so much to me if you would do that. As always, this is produced under the auspices of the Discipleship Ministries at Custer Road United Methodist Church in Plano, Texas. If you live here in Plano, we want to invite you to come worship with us or look for other ways that you can continue to grow in your faith. I'm so glad you listened today. Thanks a lot.